Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fire and Ice. I'm your boy Carlton with the fire and the heat. And uh, today I am by myself here on Fire and Ice. Uh, Maine has some things that he needs to take care of. So um, he will hopefully be rejoining us um, soon. Um, but right now I am riding solo. Um, I can see, trying to see how I can feel two hours by myself. Um, so we're definitely going to be playing some throwback interviews, going to play some songs to fill the time. But we wanted to go ahead and give you an all new episode because a lot of things did happen um, this past week. And I definitely wanted to, you know, talk about it. And, you know, of course, uh, we always welcome your opinions about the show, welcome your opinions about things that are happening um, in the world. Um, of entertainment um, and our community and everything like that. So we want to just keep that going. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Fire Nights again. It feels kind of weird doing an episode by myself. Um, I've never done a solo podcast before. So, and the funny thing about it is, Maine does all the technical stuff. So I'm having to learn how to do all this stuff. We're well, relearning because I used to do this in school, but um, as far as the switchboard and all this other stuff. But I had to kind of relearn. And shout out to Donnell and Delvin Davis of 520 Radio. They allowed me to borrow their equipment so that I could um, start recording the podcast until Maine returns to Fire and Ice. Um, so I'm, I'm, hap- I'm, hap- I'm happy that I was able to learn how to do this stuff. It's kind of exciting always learning new things. So it's pretty dope. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to... Um, you know, I'm always transparent about things. Um, I try to be as transparent as I can as possible. Um, this week has honestly been a rough week for me. Um, I'm just dealing with a lot of stuff. For those of you who don't know, I do a lot of things. You know, I run Victory Productions. Um, you know, I, I write and produce and direct all the shows that all the content that you guys see on the YouTube page. Um, I also run a magazine. I'm also doing Fire and Ice, and I also have a radio show that I co-host with South Jews called um, Don't Say Well Around Here Radio, so I'm doing that as well. Um, not, not this, that, but I also have a job. Um, I do promotions at a radio, at another radio station. Um, so it's it's just been a lot. Um, this week, I've just felt like a lot of stuff has been weighing on me, um, and not because I know people are going to say, well, you're doing too much. No, it's not that. It's not the doing too much part. It's the grinding and doing and then not really feeling like you're not seeing the results that you want to see. Um, so I just kind of just feel like this week has just kind of just been like a, a challenge for me to kind of honestly to get out of bed um, and just do anything, um, you know, just trying to push myself to keep going, um, not just with my career path or just with life in general and I, you know just kind of just like okay you gotta you gotta get up you gotta you gotta live life um you know life doesn't end today i keep having to tell myself that life doesn't end today or life doesn't end at this minute so um just trying to stay motivated to do things um i just ask for those of you who um who do believe in prayer just to please pray for me and keep me uplifted um because again it's just it's a lot it's a lot when you're doing when you're doing stuff like this, and it's a, and it's, it's it's it feels like a lot when you feel like you just don't really have anybody to talk to. Um, and I know people say, "Well, you got friends, you got to," but you know, a lot. I don't like to burden my. I don't like to burden other people with stuff that I'm dealing with, because um, everybody has stuff, things that they're dealing with, and things that they're going through. So, 
you know, not that I say I, I purposely keep things to myself, but it's kind of just like I don't, I kind of just, and I'm, and I'm all, and my walls are up too as well. I don't, I'm not the most trusting person. So as far as me, um, divulging personal things about myself to other people, like I, I've, I've done that before and I've been burnt for it. So it's like, I just kind of just, I'd rather just keep it to myself and just kind of just deal with it, you know, when I, when I can or when I deal with it or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of been my week. And again, it's weird because Maine normally asks me what, how my week's been going. So it's kind of like, uh, I, I guess I just ask myself, how's your week going? But anyway, um, but yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on with me. Um, so yeah, but, uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about some stuff. Um, some things that's been happening, um, in the world, as you guys know, um, sadly we lost the queen of soul. Miss Aretha Franklin, um, you know, she passed away and her, her funeral was this past week. And, um, and yeah, <laughs> that was definitely a, a big televised event, um, for people who did tune in and watch the, how long was the funeral was like, it started like what, 9.30 AM, 10 AM. And then I don't think it ended to like 6.30 PM or 7 PM or something like that. I don't know. Um, all I know is that I was not tuning in. Sorry. I mean, not no disrespect or anything, but I mean, I, I, first of all, I, and it's going to sound bad, but I have a hard time sitting through funerals, like a people that I, that I, that I did, that I know that I knew and the funeral would be like an hour and 30 minutes. So, you know, or at least an, or, you know, that's an hour. That's kind of, you know, that's, I don't, I don't like, I don't really like funerals anyway. So, I mean, or celebrations of life and, um, yeah, I, I, mm, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't see myself sitting and watching the television. Like that was a four days of work. You know, if you think about it, like if it was like, it literally was a nine to five funeral, like you literally was there. Like people, and I, I'm trying to, I'm thinking about the people that actually were there. Like people that were sitting at home were getting restless. Like I'm trying to think about the people that were actually in the church or wherever the funeral was. I'm like, uh, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's a long funeral. Um, you know, of course, the people that performed, they had Ariana Grande. We're going to talk about her in a second. Um, Fantasia, uh, Shaka Khan, they was trying to get Shaka Khan because she didn't, I guess she had the words on the fan to going up yonder. Listen, I would rather have had her have had the words than her get up there and mumble or get up there and say watermelon. Because you know, that's what they do. If you don't know the word, they teach you this. This is something I learned, I learned in the college choir that I was in. Um, if you, <laughs> if you pay attention to people's mouths, like sometimes if, if people don't know the words, they're saying what they're saying watermelon. So they tell you if you don't know the words of the song, just mouth watermelon, and it makes it look like you're singing the song. So, um, so yeah, so that's uh, you know, I would rather her have had the words up there, you know, and sing the correct lyrics to the song versus her trying to, um, you know, be fancy and then either start making up stuff. Or not saying the right words or mumbling. Like, I would, yeah, no, don't do that. Um, so, I would, I mean, she had the words on the fan. She did it in a, in a nice way where you really couldn't really see it. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we saw it. But, what else? Um, shout out to you, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. I'm not even saying her whole name right. Shaka Khan. Pronounce your words, Carlton. Shaka Khan. But, yeah, shout out to Shaka Khan. Um, and let's see, like I said, again, I didn't watch the service, but I did live vicariously through your Facebook post. Um, 
people were talking about it on Facebook. So I did um, live through that as far as some. Um, well, I guess I viewed through through the Facebook post as far as everybody watching and stuff. People watching it at work and um, I guess people watching it through different breaks they have throughout the day and different things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, as far as is that concerned. Um, let's see. Fantasia, she performed. Um, she was there. Um, like a lot, a lot of big names, a lot of people. Um, talking and um, I guess remembering Shaka Khan or whatever. And um, yeah, President, former President Bill Clinton was there. And um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people was there. Um, now here's the so here's the big thing. The big the big controversy apparently. Whatever there were two, I guess. Um, the first one was I guess the minister. Um, his eulogy wasn't really a eulogy. He was uh, I guess bad mouthing. Um, or should I say improperly phrasing um, single mothers and and fathers not being around or not being in the house or whatever. Um, again, I'm telling you, I, I didn't watch the, I didn't watch it. I'm just going off of what I read off of social media. And um, so that was one of the big things as far as that's concerned. And um, the, the main thing was Ariana Grande. So, yeah, so basically the big controversy, of course, when it came to Ariana Grande, was uh, some people were looking at the fact that her dress was a little too short. Um, some people were saying that her dress were, was inappropriate when it comes to uh, funeral wear or when it comes to church wear. Um, so some people thought that was a little inappropriate for the funeral. They thought that she should have dressed a little bit more modest. Um, as far as you know what she had on there, people were saying that uh, just wasn't appropriate. Um, me personally, I thought nothing was wrong with her dress. Um, I thought, you know, she, I mean, it wasn't like she was walking around with a boob out or anything. Um, you know, I just, she just, she wore, she came to perform a song, um, and she came to do her job and that's what she did. She came to pay tribute to Aretha Franklin. That's what she did. Um, you know, people. Here's the thing. Again, I don't know what Ariana Grande's, um, what her spiritual background is, what her life, what her uh, faith is, or whatever. Um, but you know, you can't assume that everybody know has has everybody grew up in the church. You can't assume that everybody knows what quote unquote church etiquette is. Um, again, I don't know what her faith is, but she may not have grown up in the church, so she may not. She probably what she had on, she thought was was okay. Um, so you can't put church rules on somebody who's never been to church again we're just, i'm just going off the fact that maybe she never has been to church i don't know um i know maybe i shouldn't assume but you know i'm just going off for that fact maybe she's never been into a church so you don't know so you can't put those rules on her and why are you people throwing stones at her like i just i don't get and the reason you know and here's the thing the reason why a lot of people don't even step into the church is because quote-unquote church people are always so quick to throw stones and throw judgments at people like some people feel like if I'm gonna be treated this harshly in the church, I'm gonna just stay out here in the world because I'm treated better out here by these by the world anyway. So, you you know, they say um, sugar is better better than vinegar, um, but we got a lot of vinegary church people. Um, you you can't attract people with with vinegary attitudes. So um, again. I just I don't get it. I don't understand why there's so much backlash. Um, you know, and 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 the same. And I said this earlier, um, 
when I saw all the stuff on social media. I said the same people that are probably throwing stones at Ariana about her dress are the same people that has that they have the same some different type of sin going on in their in their lives. And again, I'm not calling Ariana Grande dress a sin. What I'm saying is, you people are so quick to point out what other people are doing. You're not even checking yourself. What are you doing? What do you have going on? What what's going on in your house? What's going on under your carpet? What are you sweeping under the rug under under your rug? You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I, and I did say this. I said people that had a problem probably in the church, a problem with her dress, are the same people that are sleeping with somebody else's husband, are the same person that's sleeping with somebody else's wife that ain't yours. So again, we so quick to, to try to judge others, but we're 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 not taking accountability for ourselves. What what's what's going on in our lives that's not right? What's going on in our lives that we need to fix? Again, we're so quick trying to fix each other's lives. Why can't we fix ourselves? And see, the problem is we're we're afraid to look in that mirror. We're afraid to take that mask off. A lot of us have been wearing masks for so long. We've been wearing these costumes for so long that we're scared to take that mask off. We're scared to reveal what's really underneath the mask, what's really going on with us. So, again, before you try to... um throw stones at somebody else make sure nobody hits your glass house just just be just be sure that you got your stuff in order because again a lot of times we we try to um again we try to uh persecute or yeah persecute people for what they're doing and i say this all the time the reason why a lot of us aren't hiding in shame is because we're not in the limelight it's so easy for us to judge people that's in the limelight and judge people for what they're doing because they're out there, they're celebrities or whatever. But some of us are doing the exact same stuff. But the only reason why we can walk around with our heads so high because we don't have the limelight on us. But if somebody were to do a spotlight on your life, what are you hiding? What are you ashamed of? That's all I'm saying. I know I got off the topic with the dress, but... um. But yeah, I'm just I just I just don't get it. I didn't get what the what the problem was when it came to her dress. Um she was there to do a job, she was there to um, you know, do her do the song. And so let's take the focus off the dress. It's a, let's put focus on where it's supposed to be, honoring Aretha Franklin. So yeah, let's 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 do that. But again, I just didn't see what the what the issue was. Um and I, again, of course, everybody on Facebook who watched the funeral was majority of people was in a frenzy about it. People at the church was in a frenzy about it. You know, all the old men looked like they were gawking at her and stuff. And um, you know, it's just it was just a lot. It was just a lot. I just again, I think the focus was off. Um, people, she was there to do a job and do what she was asked to do, and she did that. So let's not focus on what she has on but let's focus on what she came to do which was deliver a beautiful song which is what she did yeah so you can't i saw a picture of people comparing i saw a post of people comparing what fantasia had on and what ariana grande had on as far as their outfits or whatever and to me you can't compare because we all know that fantasia grew up in the church she said that she she said that um before and it's like she's so she knows what's quote-unquote appropriate and what's quote-unquote um quote unquote inappropriate so you can't 
sit there and compare because again, I not I don't know what Ariana Grande's faith is or whatever, or she even she's growing up in the church or whatever, but she may not have known. So, and again, I think we're so quick to try to throw stones at people that we are we're 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 forgetting the whole purpose of why we're there. We're there to celebrate Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah, sorry, oh please forgive me, Queen <laughs> the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Uh, we're there to uh, celebrate her life. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and, and let's speak on that too. Um, because I saw a lot of posts saying that people, they felt like, um, and, and this happens in uh, a lot of funerals, and not just uh, Aretha Franklin's funeral, but just funerals in general. Um, people, uh, I think people forget about who, uh, the funeral is not about you. Um, we get so focused on, I want to tell my story or I want to talk about my memory with the person that passed away that we neglect to remember that this funeral is not about you. It's about the person that passed away. And honestly, and honestly, it's, it's really for encouragement for the family that was left behind. They're the ones that are, they're the ones that have the loss, uh, or, you know, or not just family or just like real close friends or whatever. They're the ones that's dealing with the loss. You know, it, it, a lot of times we, we get so focused on I want to talk, I want to share, I want to I want to tell my story, but you just you make it all about you. You start talking about yourself. Uh, for instance, I mean, just even with the Aretha Franklin thing with Madonna with the VMAs, and she tried to she put out a release saying that she didn't know that she was doing the quote unquote tribute, or it wasn't really a tribute. She they just asked her to talk about her experience because she was just there to honestly pre- present the award to whatever the category was, and um. They asked at the last minute to to talk about her experience with Aretha Franklin. But even then, even if they asked you that, a you're Madonna, you could have said, "I don't, I don't, I'm not prepared for that." So no. B, even if you did come out there, your story had nothing to do with Aretha Franklin. It was all about you. So I would have rather you had said she inspired the way that I sing, or she just she's or just talk about her, how a phenomenal woman she is, or whatever. Even if it's short and brief, I had I would rather have had a short and brief. Um, you talk about how her life influenced you and influenced generations versus you getting up there telling the story about how you was a dis how you auditioned for disco people or whatever whatever her story was about. I was like, what in the world is this? I mean, come on. So even so, back to the funeral, it's just like you get up there and you just all this, you know, people telling all these long stories and people doing all this extra singing and all this all these runs and everything and all this stuff that's not really necessarily needed um i just i just i don't know man like i said again i've I've been to several i've been to a lot of funerals not celebrity funerals obviously but i've been to a lot of a lot of funerals and you know sometimes there are some that are straight to the point you know they do what they're supposed to do they say come up here and talk for two minutes and move on and then people do that but then you have some of those people again who just feel like this is their time to shine so they get up there and they tell this long story and they tell all these long jokes and all sort of stuff and then they start singing a song nobody asks you to sing and all sorts of i've been to a funeral where somebody's supposed to give a two minute i guess talk about the person then they start singing the song and the song was like 15 20 minutes it was like bruh that you weren't asked to sing if you were asked to sing they would have put you in the program to sing so let's not do that so yeah that but again i just i just me personally i just could not sit through a seven eight hour funeral i couldn't do it on tv um you know but my (laughs) 
I, I said this, and I'm sure I don't know how right I am, but I, I mean, knowing how Aretha is, I'm sure like she already had wrote out how she wanted everything. So, I mean, she went out in fashion. You know, she, they changed the outfit several times. They had a four day celebration and everything. So, you know, I'm sure this is exactly how what she wanted. She wanted over the top. She was she seemed like to be an over the top person, which is not a bad thing. But you know, I'm sure this is exactly what she's wanted. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, we rest in peace to Aretha Franklin and everything. But I do want to talk about something, though, when it comes to that, not just with Aretha Franklin, but just with people in general, when people pass away. Why do we wait until the people pass away to acknowledge their accomplishments or we wait until they pass away to to acknowledge how they affected our lives or impacted our lives or whatever? Or we wait until they pass away to give them all these accolades. They can't do nothing with accolades when they're dead. I know that sounds blunt, but that's the truth. That's the truth. Like I heard that they're dead. I guess they're dedicating a park in her name and everything. So I'm like, why did y'all do that when she passed? Y'all should have did that when she was alive, so she could so so she could appreciate it. I'm sure she would have appreciated seeing that. Um, and like I said again, that's just in general. That's just like when we, um, you know, we wait until somebody passes away. And we're like, dang, I wish I would have, um, called them or whatever. Or we start doing all this social media mourning. Or whatever, and it's just like you, you, we're not that. I, and I have to tell myself this too, and this is this applies to me too. We're not that busy in life to not check on people. You're not that busy. Like even the busiest person in the world is not that busy to stop what they're doing for five seconds to make sure somebody's okay, or stop for five seconds and appreciate the person that has impacted your life in some type of way. Is is it? You're not that busy. I just I don't believe it. Um, and I, and I, again, and that applies to me too. Like I, I can stop what I'm doing to say, Hey, just thinking about you, which I do on occasion. Sometimes I'll stop and be like, Hey, just, I think I'm thinking about you. Cause you never know what somebody's going through. Um, when somebody, I've always learned over the years when somebody pops in my mind or when God puts somebody on my heart, I stop and I need to text them. Now I might not be obedient and do it as I should all the time, but on most occasions i stop what i'm doing i'm like hey just thinking about you didn't want anything i want to make sure you're good or whatever blah, blah. um you know and we have to stop assuming that people are okay um even if you ask somebody how they're doing and they say i'm okay um if you know there have been there have been a lot of there's a lot of times when people ask me how i'm doing i'm like I'm okay i'm not telling the truth though and the reason why i'm not i'm not I'd rather just say I'm okay because one, I don't feel like you really care if, um, if I were to tell you what's really going on with me, I just don't feel like it would be like, I feel like it's fake care. Um, you know, and then two, again, it's the, it goes to that whole thing of, of having walls and not really, um, divulging everything to, to, to certain people or whatever. Cause unfortunately people can use what you're going through or use your weaknesses to attack you or use that when you're, you know, to, use that to their advantage to to gain one up on you so um which has happened to me before so you know just kind of just we we have to do a better job of caring for one another while we're still alive and we have to do a better job of acknowledging each other um and celebrating each other while we're still alive you know nothing wrong with again nothing wrong with um celebrate people when they pass away but again we, we should do more alive celebrating I always get you should work on giving people their flowers while they're still alive, while they can still smell them. Because again, you know, you're doing all this boohoo and all this other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like people that the the unfortunately the dead can't hear that. They they're not gonna they can't hear it. 
They can't hear it. They can't see it. They can't feel it. They're gone. So, um, I just feel like we we wait, we wait, we always wait so late to acknowledge people. Um, you know, this with Aretha Franklin. I know they're doing all these tributes and stuff, and I'm just like, why didn't anybody tribute her while she was still alive? Even with the whole Michael Jackson thing, and to take it back. Now, when Michael Jackson was alive, I'm not trying to be funny. Like maybe one tenth of the black community was like rocking with Michael Jackson, and I know y'all gonna be like, "Cross, that's not true." No, it is. Uh, I didn't. Re- I didn't. I rarely heard a Michael Jackson song play on the radio. Uh, rarely saw it on BT. Was just doing videos back then when he passed away, so I didn't. Rarely saw a Michael Jackson video on the, on on the television screen. Um, but then when he passed, it's like all of a sudden it's like black culture was like okay yeah we're gonna celebrate michael jackson with the same people that were that were celebrating him when he passed away or the same people that were throwing rocks at him when he was dealing with what he was dealing with and we got to stop doing that we got to stop with the fake care we got to stop with the fake bandwagon we got to stop with the stop with the bandwagoning um jumping on board stuff because everybody else is doing it or trying to one up people you know because well we saw that they're celebrating them so we're gonna do better than what they're doing we gotta stop doing it we gotta we gotta show genuine love and care for people that we have to do a better job of doing it. And I'm saying we because I'm including myself too. We got we have to do a better job. And that's just what it is. Um if y'all hear stuff in the background, I think um somebody's watching TV. I'm recording this in my room. Um, because again, I was gonna do it in the dining room, um, but it got a little too noisy. And um I was like, Well, let me take this to the room and try to do this in the room or whatever so you might hear something downstairs i don't know um just just want to be open and honest of what's going on right now again i'm new to this whole podcasting recording by myself thing um trying to get to tweak the stuff right and everything i'm just glad i got the microphone hooked up and i'm glad i got everything recorded i'm up here checking the, the daily thing right every, um checking to make sure it's working because it stopped working at one point but then look like it's going good now but anyway um but yeah, we gotta we gotta do a better job of getting people their flyers while they're still alive. I think that's important that we that we exercise that that we do that we do a better job of doing that. Um, you know, because again, you never know when, um, you never know when when someone's gonna leave you. You never know when it's their last day or here to walk the earth. Um, and you don't want to wait to the last minute, or you don't wanna wait till it's too late to tell somebody that you love them, tell somebody that. You appreciate them that you acknowledge them thing to tell them thank you. Um, so yeah, so we just we just definitely have to do a better job of just um telling each other that we love each other and, and that we care about each other and everything. So yeah, so that was that. What else happened this week? Um that was that was really that was really huge. Um Maine normally does his list, he writes on his list of everything that we're supposed to talk about and um I don't. <laughs> I don't. I know we just come in and be like, hey, let's talk about this, 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 talk about this and everything. Um, so, yeah. So, this week also, because um, speaking of, because again, you know, uh, Bob, uh, Bobby, the Bobby Brown uh, movie is on part, the two part, I guess, would you call it a miniseries? Because only two parts, because New Edition was three parts and they called it a miniseries. So, anyway, the Bobby Brown story is airing right now. Um, and the by the time you guys hear this, the second part will have aired. Um, but yeah, I I from what right now from what I'm recording, I've only seen the first part of it. 
and um it's very interesting it's a very interesting story at first i was kind of like against it and i reason i had said speaking of was because of course that whitney whitney and bobby christina they're in the they're being depicted in the movie and you know they passed away as well um and unfortunately again those are two other people that people have um dogged in the media while they was alive and then when they passed away it was like oh we love you we miss you da, 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 da. and it's like why do we do that why do we dog each other while we're still alive but then when they pass we have we sing a different tune gotta stop doing that um but anyway um so we start off of course in the movie um with young bobby what i will applaud is that they, they got the same people that played bobby the young bobby and the older bobby from the new edition store they got the same two guys um i don't know what the young fellow name is but the older fella is uh woody woody is it woody mclean i think i'm saying it right woody woody mclean um he's playing bobby the older bobby um bobby brown so again at first i was against the movie only because i felt like we've seen this story already um First of all, Bobby Brown had his own reality show. I don't know if you guys remember it was called Being Bobby Brown. Uh, I think it ran for two seasons um, on Oxygen, I think. Um, and we kind of saw that. And then, of course, you have all these documentaries. Um, they just, the Whitney movie had came out on Lifetime, which was really good, by the way. Yaya, I think she did an excellent job as Whitney. Don't know the young man who played Bobby can't remember um but i thought the movie was great i thought it was a really good movie angela bassett did her thing directing that movie um because again she knew whitney so i just felt like she really depicted the story really told the story really well um and i think it was classly it was it was it was it was done in a classy way so um shout out to the crew on the whitney story on the lifetime joint so i felt like we already saw it and then a documentary i think recently came out um about um whitney i think one has recently come out i think um so that came out already and i was like okay and then then we had the new edition story and even though it focused on new edition i mean bobby brown was a part of new edition so we kind of saw okay how he started how he got kicked out the group um we kind of saw his spiral a little bit doing on the new edition story i was like okay and then when they said well, we're going to do the bobby brown story I'm like, but why? We already know what happened. And it's like, okay, we're going to add Whitney to it. Okay, we already know what happened with them. You know? I was like, huh? But I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm up, I was up there sitting up here like I wasn't going to watch it. I was going to watch it. I mean, so I was okay. Only thing that was like, I obviously irritated me. It wasn't just me. People were talking about it on social media, but it was like they were showing the commercials like every break. I was like, if y'all don't hurry up and show this movie so these commercials stop airing. Um, but that's one thing. That's one good thing about BET. They're gonna they are going to promote the hell out of whatever, like a movie, a special award show, whatever. They're gonna go and they're gonna promote it. Um, so shout out for that. But uh, but yeah, man, like I was just like, come on, please show this movie. But uh, I will say, I was I was uh, I was pleased with the first part. It was a it was good to me. Um, I learned something. I know people was um people were saying oh you didn't know that no i didn't clearly i didn't know it if i'm saying i didn't know it um i did not know that bobby and janet jackson had a thing going on did not know that i didn't read his book so i didn't know um i wasn't i was was not aware um when because i think i watched a clip of the breakfast club so 
That's why I was like, oh, wow, that's going to be in the movie. I didn't know that. And I was talking about, I guess, Janet and um, Bobby. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, here's a spoiler alert. Sorry. But um, apparently Bobby was, you know, was into Janet. She just was just using him, I guess, for sex or whatever. But um, Bobby really wanted to be with Janet. But Janet was like, no, I can't be with you because of my father. Basically, that she didn't, he didn't want her to be with the quote-unquote black man. Was like, Because, you know, Bobby was dark, was a dark-skinned brother. So her father, she was saying her father didn't want him to want her to be with him because of his complexion and different things like that. And so apparently, from according to the book and from what Charlemagne said on the Breakfast Club, um, Bobby threw Janet out the hotel room naked. Now that part wasn't shown in the movie. They cut they cut that part out. Um, but again, I was really shy. I didn't because I I didn't I never pictured Janet with Bobby. Night. I just didn't. That didn't. I never saw that coming. So that was interesting. I learned that. Um, I think it was sad. I think it was sad at the beginning of the movie how his um, because this is when young Bobby was younger. His grandmother had just passed, and then his I guess that was his friend or maybe, maybe yeah I think it was his friend or whatever. But his friend died like that day of the funeral. Like his friend got stabbed, um, and that was that was sad. That was that was a sad scene. I was like, damn, we opening up sad. So that was sad. Um. But I think I think Woody did an excellent. I mean, he did an excellent job playing Bobby in New Edition movie. So I thought he did an excellent job um, in this film as far as the part one of um, the Bobby Brown story. I think uh, Gabrielle Dennis is killing it. I love her. Well, first of all, shout out to her because I've loved her since I saw her on the game as Janae. Um, so shout out to her. Um, and then a lot of people are just like, well, she doesn't look like Whitney or whatever. Okay, guys. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win in every department as far as looks. As far as people are not gonna look exactly like the people. Um, I think it's all about the characterization. And if you ask me about the characterization of it, I think she is doing a good job. She, you can tell that she's. I think she studied Whitney Houston. She studied her mannerisms, the way she talks, and different the thing, the way she moved, different things like that. So I think she got it down packed. I think I think she's doing a good job. Um you know, playing that part or whatever. So you just gotta, you just gotta just take it for what it is. Now I will say this and I know people are like, well, dang, you're being a hypocrite right now, but there's a difference in between people, not people, <laughs> people looking like not exactly like the person. And then you just all the way left wrong. Now, for instance, the Aaliyah movie, right? So they got these, they got this skinny woman and this small man to play Timbaland and Missy Elliott. And then we all know that Tim, Timbo and Missy Elliott was, were bigger people back then. Um, so that was all off. And so I had said, I say that to say the people that they got to play L.A. Reid and Babyface, I just felt like that was just completely wrong. Um, yeah, they were off on that to me. I, I just, I, I just, I couldn't. And even the mannerisms to me wasn't even right. I just couldn't really get into it. But I, because I feel like when Tony Braxton did her movie on Lifetime, they got it right with Babyface because they got um, my boy from Have and Have Not to play Jeffrey. Um, I can, Gavin Houston. They got Gavin to play Babyface. And he looks exactly like Babyface to me. So I feel like they should have reached out to Gavin and said, hey, man, we want you on this movie because you make a great Babyface. Now, L.A. Reid, I don't know, but um, who they could who they could have gotten. But, I think they got everybody right except for those two. Everybody else was was, was pretty good. And then guys, uh, for people who have been, been missing Raina off of power, she's playing Bobby Christina. You'll see her in part two 
Um, so I think they got it right with her too. So definitely for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good movie because algae was in part one. They, he made a re, uh, reappearance, um, as Ralph. Ralph is actually my favorite new edition member. So, um, he's always been my favorite. So it was cool to see that, um, you know, they're, they're talking as far as, uh, when Bobby was trying to decide as far as his album is concerned. So that was cool. Just different things. Um, you know, Lance Gross, he did a good job. He had a small role, though. It was, like, kind of small, but he did a good job. That was that, His scene was sad. That made me sad, too. Makai Pfeiffer is killing it. He's doing a good job playing Bobby's brother. Um, everybody's just doing well. I, like I, said, I think it's a really good movie. I just, um, I'm anxious to see what part two is about. I, it, uh, part one was hella long. I didn't know it was going to be two hours and 30 minutes. I thought it was going to be two hours. I was already in my mind. I already said it's going to be two hours, so let me go ahead and get my get ready to be in bed by 11:15 cuz I'm going to go to bed at get in bed at 11, have to get my mind together to rest and then I'll be sleep at 11:15. Didn't know it was 2 hours and 30 minutes. And um yeah. So, was prepared to be done at 11:30. I was like, "Oh, this is really long." <laughs> so, um but yeah, it it was cool. It it was it was a pretty it was a really good movie. Um part 1 was really good. Um I I'm, I'm anxious to see part 2. To see what's gonna happen. Um, I'm actually on my way to a rehearsal, so I'm gonna be late watching part two, but I'm definitely gonna check it out when I get home. Um, as soon as I get home, I just want to see how it concludes. Um, I'm anxious to see to see how how they how what they do. Um, I watched Woody's interview on The Breakfast Club today. I watched it. Um, didn't know he was from from born in South Carolina, so that was cool. Um, you know, I'm not born. I wasn't born in South Carolina. I was born in Georgia. I born in Augusta. So, but I mean, South Carolina is over the river. So that was cool. But anyway, he's a South Carolina Knight. Um, grew up in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida. So that was cool. Just learning little tidbits about him or whatever. Um, I didn't know that he was a dancer. He started out he was a he used to dance for Chris Brown. I know that's probably common knowledge for most people, but I didn't know that. I learned that. Um so I, I, I just thought, wow, okay. I mean, cause he dances he dances really good. So I didn't know he was a he, he was a background dancer. So that's that's pretty dope. Um what else? Some other little stuff. Um, you gotta just check out the check out the Breakfast Club interview. I know we're not really supposed to promote other people's stuff on on our show, but it's all good. Y'all, I'm sure you guys are watching Breakfast Club or listening to Breakfast Club anyway. So, um, but yeah, check out that interview. It was it was it was, it was really good. It's very informative. It was really short though. It was like 20 minutes, but you know. But anyway, um, but yeah, I just thought it was dope. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to part two. Um, I did jokingly. I did a whole thing last night where I was jokingly saying about the movies <laughs> that uh, that probably, probably, I mean, they probably won't come out, but it's like what they would do. Because I did say this. I think what they're going to prop, they, what they probably going to do is a Bill Bill DeVoe movie. I'm sure that's probably going to be, I'm sure that's in the works. Because if Bobby got his own movie, I think, I'm sure everybody going to be like, well, we want our movie too. So I was saying next year, 2019, is going to be Poison, the Bill Bill DeVoe story. Then in 2020, we'll get My, 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 the Johnny Gill story. And so then after that, I was like, okay, what other people, what other movies could we get in the next few years or whatever? So I was just kind of writing it down on Facebook or whatever. I was saying we could get, um, uh, we definitely probably we definitely would get the, um, the, uh, boys, the end of the road, boys, the men story. Definitely would get that. Um, we'll definitely get the, my sister came up with this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the Missy Elliott story. Um, 
let's see. I'm bring. I didn't say this one. I'm bringing sexy back. That's the Justin Timberlake story. You know, we get that one. Um, what we definitely need an Aaliyah movie redo. Like I don't even like. Let's just call it Aaliyah, and let's, let's redo that one because we all can say that that Lifetime crap was a mess. So let's definitely redo the Aaliyah movie. Um, what else? What else did I say? I I don't have my phone up here. So I can't really go through the list of everything that I said. Um, I did say I'm getting sick of tired of your broken promises, promises. That's the three W story. Um, definitely the um, the um, don't let go the invoke story. Definitely, we def- I'm definitely here. I'm definitely for real, for real here for invoke movie. I need to know what happened because I love invoke. Invoke is actually my favorite female R and B group. And I need to know how do we go from the four original movie, four original uh, women to the three women that we have now. We have two originals and the the girl, the actress from the J.B. Fox show. So I need to know how do we go from four, those four to the original four to these, the three that we have now. I need to know because um, I always you always get these conflicting stories, kind of like with the escape thing. It's like when Escape did their uh, song, it was like you got conflict, conflicting stories. And even when they did their reality show, it was still conflicting. Um, and it's like you kind of need to hear all sides. So you kind of decide for yourself, okay, what really happened and whatnot. I tried to decipher what really happened and whatnot. So I need a movie. But I know in order for it to be authentic, all four of them would have to come together. And I don't know if that's going to be able to be possible. Because I don't even know if they ended on good terms. I don't, th- I don't think they did. So, um I don't know how plausible that would be to get all four of them together in one room to um, record, to do a film. I don't think that would be dope. I think that would be great, but I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Some other ones that I would like to – oh, I said Destiny's Child, too. That's another movie. Now, I think we could get that. And the only reason I say that is because I feel like – Latavia and Latoya are at a, are at a stage now in their lives where they're over the hurt of what happened with the breakup of this of the original Destiny's Child, and for people who be trying to play them, stop it! Don't don't when people say Latoya Latavia, I heard people talking, "Who was that?" Don't do that. They're the original members of Destiny's Child. Stop it. So, I feel like um, because this is what I honestly wanted for Coachella. Um, I was hoping that. They were because you know Destiny's Child showed up and performed. They uh Michelle and Kelly. I was hoping that they would have worked it out where it would have been Michelle, Kelly, Latoya, and Latavia. Now you know how epic that would be. Um, that would be so dope. And even if like for Super Bowl, because you know Beyonce always rules Super Bowl performances. Um, I think if they if they decide to if Beyonce decides to perform at their Super Bowl again, I think having all five members of Destiny's Child, um. That'd be dope. Now people are saying, "What about Farrah? I don't know. Farrah didn't. Farrah didn't last too long, to really, because she needs. She's not even on an album. Like Michelle is on two albums. Latoya and Latavia are on two albums. So, and of course Beyonce and Kelly are on all four. So I don't think Farrah can really make an appearance because she's not. She technically her voice is not on an album. Technically, I don't think. So, but anyway, I would love to see a Destiny's Child uh, movie. Um, definitely. Um, bills, bills, bills. The the Destiny's Child story. Um, I want to know what happened. Like what what conversations took place for Beyonce and Kelly and to move forward, and then Latoya and Latavia to not move forward with the group. And how did Michelle? Because Michelle, honestly, in the new Destiny's Child, 
Michelle is my favorite. I love Michelle. I can listen to Michelle. I have all I have all of Michelle now that I have Apple Music. <laughs> um and if y'all listen to past past um podcasts, y'all know how my war of Apple Music was. It took the act of God and also LMA for me to get um Apple Music. So now I have that. But I've downloaded all of Michelle Williams albums. But I have three of them, like the actual CDs. I have three of them, three out of the four. But I love Michelle. She's all, she's my favorite. I love her. I just love her spirit. I love her story. Um, she has, she has an amazing voice. I think her voice her voice is um unique, and I love it. So, um, definitely, um, Michelle's definitely my favorite apart out of the new Destiny's Child, but out of the old Destiny's Child, Latoya has always been my favorite. I always said I love Latoya, and I and I love her music as a solo artist as well. So, definitely, um, she's definitely. Um, a good artist as well, but um, I just want to see how Michelle, because I know Michelle talked about it a little bit, like when she was on the real. Um, I want to see how she dealt with um replacing Latoya and Latavia and Farrell too. I mean, I'm sure she dealt with a lot of a lot of backlash as well, but I want to see because I mean Michelle was the one that stayed. So I want to kind of see how they dealt with it because I know that's a, that was a difficult transition for them. Because let me tell you, I was in the eighth grade when Destiny's Child changed over. Um, I'll never forget it. I was I was getting ready for school, and of course, this is when MTV was good, and they showed music videos in the morning and during the day, and all sorts of great stuff. And so I was watching MTV music videos in the morning, getting ready for school, and there was a this is a premiere of Destiny's Child. Bills, Bills was I look up, and I see Beyonce. I see Kelly, then I see all these women, like, cause you know the the the, the video. Of course, they have different colors. Beyonce was orange, Kelly was uh, blue, Michelle was white, and then uh, Farrah was red. But in the red and white, I didn't recognize any of the women. I was like, "Where's Latoya and where's Latavia?" I'm confused about what's going on. So, not until they did the part at the end when they're like, uh, "Ooh." When they do the little kneel thing, dun, 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 that little part, bounce, 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 that little part right there. <laughs> I didn't realize that uh, Michelle and Farrah was in the group until they did that part. When they had changed the little outfits, they got an orange top and the little black bottoms or whatever. So that's when I realized, oh, those are the two new members of Destiny Child. And so, of course, we were all talking about it at school. It was like, what? You know, da, da, da. We're talking about it all day. Then we get home, we watch TRL. Then it's like, that's when they revealed that the whole. Um, switch over had happened or and then or whatnot so that was um that was very interesting so so i would love to see just the kind of how everybody dealt with i would like to see how latoya and latavia dealt with you know how they dealt with not being in the group anymore uh how they had to kind of restructure their lives i know latavia was on r&b divas atlanta so you kind of got a little glimpse of what she kind of was how she kind of restructured her life or whatever um but i like to see that thing that'd be dope you got to get the right people to play everybody though for sure and I know Beyonce not gonna just let anybody play her, so I know they're gonna have to get the right person. Um, but again, in order for this movie to be good, it has to everybody has to be a part of it. That's what makes a good, um, you know, biography movie is if the people that are are still alive are telling their story, and everybody's a part of it. I think that's what made TLC a good movie. Um, the TLC movie was good to me. I thought it was dope. I thought because, again, Chili and T-Boz was a part of it. And I wish Left Eye was still alive because she could have gave her, really gave her two cents to Lil Mama on. But I thought Lil Mama did a good job portraying her. 
Um, a TLC movie was really good. Again, new edition. Everybody was a part of it. So that's what made the new edition movie good and authentic because all the members were there and they were able to to guide the actors that were playing them and also, again, tell their stories. So I think it's important when you do these movies that, um, you know, everybody's a part of it. Like I said, with the Escape movie, I know they were talking about doing it. Not sure what happened with it, but I know there was some controversy surrounding it because I think Jermaine gave the okay for the music without talking to the girls and they weren't cool with that or whatever. whatever. But if they are going to move forward with the Escape movie, you definitely have to have all four members a part of it. Even if they're not getting along, they have to be a part of it so they can tell the right story. SWV, same thing. I think they... I don't know who wants to really see their story, but um, I mean, I like SWB. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Uh, Rain is my favorite song. One of my favorite songs. But, um, you know, they all three of them have to be a part of it to tell the story. Um, I would love to I ask, oh, that was another. I said, stop the Kurt Franklin story. I want to see Kurt Franklin's life. I love Kurt Franklin. I think he's dope. I think he's one of the, the best songwriters on the planet. Um, and I would love to see his story because um, he's, you know, he's uh, overcome a lot. He's dealt with a lot, and I would love to see his story told authentically. I think that'd be that'd be dope. Um, speaking of Kurt Franklin, I put this on social media. I am still waiting on this to happen. I'm putting this out in the atmosphere. I want to see a Kurt Franklin and Quavo collaboration. Um, I know y'all looking at me, probably looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, it's all good, but um, I'm a I'm a Migos fan. I, I like the Migos. They grew on me. At first, I was like, I ain't like I don't like Migos. They they they, they suck. Um, but they definitely grow me their songs, grow me. Um, that's what happens when you listen to stuff repetitively on the radio. So it's like it kind of just gets stuck in your head. But then I actually start listening to their music. I, I like it. I think they. I mean, it's, they got good flow to me. I like the. I like the beats, the music, and everything. Um, are they the best? Mm, that's debatable. But I still think that they are great. They're great rappers. They're a great group. Um, but I definitely would love to see a Kurt Franklin and Quavo collaboration. I think that'd be so dope. I mean, yeah, I think a Kurt Franklin and Amigos collaboration, just all three of them will be dope. Um, you know, Amigo, all three of the Amigos, and then Kurt Franklin. But um, if we can get Kurt Franklin and Quavo to kind of collab, I think that'd be dope. Because, again, you got to think about it. Quavo is is hot right now. So people are going to listen to his music. You know, and people already listen to Kurt Franklin, obviously. But if you think about it, you got people out there who aren't listening to Kurt Franklin. So it's like you got Kurt Franklin with his positive message. He unite. He come on uh, comes together with Quavo. Like all the millions of people that listen to the Migos music, they're gonna listen to this track with Quavo and Kurt Franklin. And it's like, you never know whose lives gonna be changed with that, you know. And it also gives Kirk again. He already has a broad appeal, but that gives him even a more broad appeal. And you know, again, I know people are gonna. He's gonna get back. He already. He already. He's been getting backlash since. You're the reason why we. Um. You're the reason why we sing. Um, Kurt Franklin's been getting badass for forever, but I love Kurt Franklin. His music's always touched me, and, and, and I think he's always been inspirational. And he's just been a real person, and I really appreciate it. I met him twice, and he's like a he's a real down to earth dude. Um, so it was funny, funny story. I'm the first time I met him. Um, I was in I was at Georgia State. I gave him an article that I wrote on the Hero album. He's like, oh man, thank you so much. I don't even I don't even read the articles, man. I try to stay home. All, I try not to read. I let my wife read them. Or whatever, but he took it, and I don't know what he did with it, but he <laughs> he did take it um and put it you know in his pants pocket. So I don't know um probably maybe got washed in the wash. I don't know, but um and then the second time I met him, I was in L.A. Um he had a I don't know if he still has a church, but he had a church, and my god sister 
took me and my friend Lamont to um, to this church, and I met him. And it was cool. I was like, hey, man, you remember me? He was like, no. He was honest, though. He was like, no. And I was like, I, I met you in Atlanta. Um, You came. I was. I gave you an article. about you, you told me you don't read articles. I, I literally told him the whole – I relived the whole moment, the first moment with him. He was like, man, you got a great memory. I said, he said, that's dope. And whatever, da, da, da. And, you know, he probably was just saying that for me to get out of his face. But, you know, it's all good. Kurt Frank is a cool dude. I would love to meet him again. Um. And just like I said, just just talk to them, man. Like I said, I'm all about talking to people. I'm not really, of course, I want to work with folk, but I'm all about. I, people ask me all the time, why don't I work for Tyler Perry and different things like that? I know I'm kind of jumping between subjects, but you know that's kind of what you do when you're just talking. I don't see how Maine does the more than the Masters podcast by himself. Sometimes it's like he's just really like you literally just sit here and just talk. It's like you're just talking to yourself. But I guess I'm imagining the audience in front of me right now, and then I'm trying to talk to you guys. But anyway. Let me get back on task. Um, people ask me why wouldn't I just want to work for Tyler Perry, and I tell them, I, I personally, I would rather sit down with him for thirty minutes to an hour and just learn from him and just kind of just talk to him as far as like really get in depth as far as the things that he's had to overcome to get to where he is today, and like just really learn those lessons. I know a lot of things you all you learn from life experiences, but I would love to like really just sit down with him and just be like, yo. Like, how did you deal with this or what, like, how did you overcome this or different things like that? Or just, you know, what do you do when people uh, ridicule your work or how do you get, how do you um, deal with um, actors or everything? I mean, it's a little easier when you're paying folk. You just fire them and just keep it moving. But it's like, how do you deal, especially with people, Mom, one of my questions is how do you deal with people that you started with, like, when they turn their backs on you? That's that's the thing. That's honestly the thing that I'm struggling with right now. And as and and I'm now now I'm jumping to a personal thing. Um, I'm struggling with people that, um, not just people, not even people that I've started with, but people that that have claimed to have come aboard of what I've been trying to do as far as video productions and everything. And then people that have, that have said, "We got your back. We're gonna push it. We're gonna we're gonna we we all in this together. We're gonna work together, and we're gonna make this thing happen so everybody can win." And people have claimed to have come along the idea, but it's like when you look around, you don't see anybody putting any action behind it. Or you see people that you have helped, or you see people that you given opportunities to their first opportunities, and nobody would have known who they are were if it wasn't for you. But then they turn because they get a little bit more notoriety, they turn their backs so on you. I'm like, how do you? And so my question to him would be like, how do you deal with that? Because to me, that hurts. That hurts me a lot. Like I'm not gonna sit up here in France and be like, "Yo, that doesn't affect me." No, it does. It does a lot because again, it's like you, you build a relationship with these people. And for me, when the people that I work with, like I don't look at them as, "Oh, that's my employee or whatever." One, because I'm not paying them, so that's not. I don't even do the employee employer thing. But I feel like we're all in this in the arts community. We're arts family, so I feel like we're in this because we all understand how hard it is how hard this grind and struggle is so i feel like we're in it together so it's like we should kind of okay let's i do this i put you in this you put me in this or we you know we help build each other up or whatever we let's all get to the go end goal together or let's all get to the money together um you know and unfortunately people start off with you like that with that idea but then again you got then you got other people who are envious of you or what you got going on getting into those people's ears and it seems like they just all of a sudden just like it's like a switch. It's like 
You don't. They don't text you. They don't text you anymore. They don't call you anymore. They don't respond to you anymore. And um, and you're you're sitting up here like, well, what did I do? What's going on? And you and you honestly didn't do anything. Um, or so you you know, but because the black lack of communication, um, and nobody's open to have those conversations with you, then it's like you just. Again, you just feel like you're just throwing it by the wayside. So I just would love to talk to Tyler and just be like, hey, how do you deal with that? Or even David E. Talbert. He's another person that I um that inspires me. Um that I look up to as far as when it comes to uh writing and directing and everything. Because the, the reason why I say Tyler and David E. Talbert is because they're they're like self made men in a way. Um they've created paths for themselves. And also Issa Ray, she's another person. So there's three. So Tyler Perry um, David E. Tyber and Issa Rae. Issa Rae, um, basically kind of started off like how I did. She did. She started off on YouTube doing web web series, and then here she is. She's on HBO third season of Insecure, and um, you know, I just want to just sit down with them. I don't even want. Cause I don't want anything. Now they offer something, I will take it. Obviously, I ain't no fool now, but I wouldn't necessarily want anything. I just want to be like, hey, like how did you, like how did you, how do you get past this? How do you? what do you do on days when you just feel like you want to give up and like you don't under you don't see what's like you don't really see the because it seems like like they're on the other side of 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 the rough patch of trying to make it they're there you know so it's like for me i'm just like how do you muscle through or how do you power through and, and 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 work through that disappointment that you feel um because people let you down or different things like that so um, you know, I just, I just, I'm just trying to, you know, stay, um, stay positive on that. But I, like I said, I, I would want to sit down with them. Let's go back to the Kurt Franklin thing. I would want to sit down with him and talk to him about just the things that he's gone through and everything like that. And I think, again, I think his life would be a great movie. Um, I, that's something I would like to see. But like I said, I'm excited about seeing the rest of the Bobby Brown story, um, and seeing what happens with that. And so that'll be that'll be really dope. All right, guys, I need to get some water. Um, I've been talking for um a good minute now. It's almost uh almost for almost forty five minutes. Well, no, almost an hour. Oh wow, yeah, I've been talking for almost an hour. Um, so I need to get some water. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna listen to some songs. Um, probably some old some old some ones you heard already. Um, so y'all stay tuned. Thank y'all again for staying with me on Fire and Ice. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Fire and Ice. Yeah. 
you the pressure is so heavy it's forcing you to be stronger life is crazy and sometimes bipolar way more highs and lows than your favorite roller coaster and getting through it sometimes can be hell especially when you're down and no one really cares bills piling up your paper trail was still you down bad got you singing blues like a deal but don't stop don't stop keep pushing you ain't by yourself cause god is always looking the fact that you're still here is only proof in the pudding always keep that faith in that recipe that you're cooking and it's easier said than done but you can shine bright just like the morning sun i embrace the struggle i endure the pain cause the sunshine always comes after rain Pull me in your arms around me 
look good and I look good and I was thinking you could be with me. Hey guys, welcome back to Fire and Ice. Now, um, we're going to take it to a throwback interview. We had the opportunity to interview um, one of the actors from the hit BET show, In Contempt. So, um, yeah, now we're going to throw to that. So here it is. Check it out. We are privileged and honored to have a special guest on our show. Uh, he is one of the stars of BET's hottest shows that's out right now, um, In Contempt. Let's give it up for Ronnie Rowe Jr. What's up, Ronnie? What's up? Yo, yo. What's good with it, man? Hey, nothing much, man. Thank you again for calling in. We appreciate you taking the time out your busy schedule to talk with us today. Most definitely. Appreciate you guys, man. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, of course, we got to get a little history about you. Like, tell us, you know, where you're from, Um, you know, how you got started with acting, all, all the whole nine. Um, well, I'm actually from uh, Toronto, uh, so I live wow. from from Canada, but I, I spent a lot of time in uh, in New York because I had family out there. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, the U.S. the U.S. had a, a big influence on me growing up. Um, and with regards to getting into acting, it, it kind of happened um, in uh, in grade school. Uh, in grade six, one of my teachers was just like, yeah, "We're going to start doing musical theater," and um, and yeah, from there I started booking some lead roles, man. I think I might be like the first black Danny Zuko um, <laughs> from Greece. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, dude. So, I mean, and then just did like like a lot of classics like Les Mis, um, uh, Oliver Twist, just, just did a bunch of musical theater. And then from there I got the bug and, and I haven't looked back since. Okay, cool. That's that's what's up. Well, let me ask you. I, I hear a lot of actors saying that uh, they they started in theater, right? What's some of the pop like the perks yeah. the perks of starting in theater as opposed to just you know starting on the main screen or the big screen or just maybe shows? What's the difference between theater or, or how can theater help you as a be, become a better actor, so to speak? Um, I would I would say the the, the repetitions. You, you know, um, you you actually you get a lot of time with with dialogue. And because of that, you get to see um, what your ultimate actor can be. Whereas, like film and television, or primarily television, can be very fast. Like, so you know what I mean? They're they're moving to get it in within a certain amount of time. But but theater, you have you have um, time to explore and and discover and get deeper, man. Like, and every day is different, just depending on how your day is going. Right. And 
and you're able to kind of infuse that into your um, your character. So I would say um, the benefit of doing theater is that you really get to to delve into dialogue, understand it, and then find a human within that because of the time that you get to spend on the words. Uh, I, I guess a follow-up question to that I just wanted to ask really quickly was, um, does, does it help you, like, I guess, like, know your lines more? I hear a lot of, I know I know a few directors and people that, you know, do art and film, and they say some of the things they kind of have an issue with a little bit is actors maybe not knowing their lines. In theater, I would that's, assume you need to know your lines crazy. more because you're in front of an audience, right? Well, like, theater, the stakes are higher, right? Like, you don't get, exactly. you don't get a cut. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you dr- <laughs> you know, if you if you drop a line or 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 you don't know your Improv. line, some people would be like, "Yo, what is really going on?" Right. But you know, with film and film and television, you you can cut. So if you don't get that thing out, you can go back and do it again. The theater, it's, you got to show up. And I think that's what I love about theater is that the the stakes are so high. Like I have to be on my stuff, or or people are gonna know. And I have to be connected to what I'm doing, or or people aren't going to feel it the way that I, I would hope that they, they would. So um, I think that's what it does. It really raises the stakes and um, and and really catches you in the moment. You can't mess up. <laughs> so which so which one do you prefer? Do you prefer theater? Or do you prefer the, the screen? Mm. Um, I, I love them both, but there there's an intimacy with theater, um, an in the moment intimacy where. You know, you, you drop a joke and, and, and you hear the crowd react. You feed off of their energy, so they become part of the play as well. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Now, so on, so with screen moving into like your television and film career, what was your first uh, role when it came to television or or film? Oh wow, my first role. I actually, <laughs> one of my first roles was on um, a, a legal drama, uh, The Firm. Okay. And I remember I had to play a police officer um, across the uh, or opposite the lead man, and it, it was it was epic. Uh, just 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 having that kind of that spotlight and platform, and, and and just being able to exchange with uh, an established actor, I was like, yeah, I want to do this a lot more. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now let's go ahead and move on into your. Um most recent role, probably most people know you from um, the BT show In Contempt. Um, you play ADA Deshay. Yes, so tell good show, <laughs> good show. Good yes, show. excellent show. By the way, um, <laughs> tell tell us about your character and just tell us about for people who may have not have watched or they've been living under the, under a rock. Tell us about your character <laughs> and <laughs> about the show. Um, well, I mean, ADA Deshay is a um, a prosecutor and I would say the nemesis of, of the whole defense team. <laughs> And um, he's he's a he's a hard nosed dude, but he had to work. He's had to work really hard to get to where he's gotten to, and and believes that he sees things black and white. Right. So a lot of people look at him as as the boogeyman on the show, but um, at the end of the day, he he's still trying to to serve legal right, even though it's people that look like him that he's putting away. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. So. He he does have a moral compass, but it starts to get skewed a little bit as, as Gwen starts to stretch stretch her parameters as well. Um, but I mean, in contempt is a legal drama following uh, a female uh, protagonist, uh, Gwen Sullivan. Uh, Erica Ash was a, a dope dope actress. Yes, she the is. The whole cast and crew is fantastic. Um, and yeah, it just follows uh, the, the, the defense attorney's uh, point of view. 
and, and the struggles that they encounter with uh, cases, caseloads, and, and opportunities for the people that they're representing. Right. Now, I, like I said, I, I follow the show. Like I said, I watch it every week, love the show. Um, the season finale, of course, just went off. I, like I said, I, I saw a lot of conflict with your character as far as the struggle that he was facing, especially with the last case with the Black Lives Matter case. Because um, mm. yeah. you, you see where, like I said, again, he's going hard on this African-American guy, you know, team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That obviously was done wrong, mm-hmm. but again, it's the Shay's job to, you know, He's going. He's 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 going for the family, the officer's family. So it was obvious that there was, that he was dealing with this big conflict, but he had a job to do. So yep. you know, um, you definitely played that role beautifully, sir. So you know, we definitely could see that you know in, in all of that. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that, my dude. Well, let me ask you. Um, um wh- uh, go ahead. Now, I was I was going to ask you with that, like, how how did you prepare for that role? Like, what what some things you read or people you talk to just to kind of get like play that role out to its fullest because it seemed like you might have had some kind of experience with that or well i mean i i just i do my homework uh I, our showrunner terry cop was actually a lawyer so ah, makes um sense. you know i would be picking her brain all the time she she fed us with a lot of uh, information um I watched a, a lot of movies a lot of movies like uh, philadelphia just watching Denzel do what he Love does it. um you know the, the Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey. I love Just that. Any legal movies. Any legal movie that I can see, or any reference to 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 the court, I, I was I was I was trying to take that in. That's what's up. Well, hopefully you guys get a season two. We haven't heard back yet if Inca Tips coming back. So um, yeah, well, fingers cro- fingers crossed, man. But I, I hope so. To the universe, I'm optimistic. Right, absolutely. We 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 definitely we definitely need that. We need we need those type of shows, and we need to see obviously more people of color in those type of lead roles. So definitely, um, Most definitely we definitely yeah, need that's... that. Now let's jump into your other project. You uh, also are in a film called Black Cop. So tell us about that as well. Yes, sir. Um, uh, Black Cop. Uh, it's a it's a film about a black officer that gets profiled duty mm. and because. And because of that, he goes on this this whirlwind of uh, revenge and flips the script and starts profiling Caucasian people. Oh wow! The same what? way, yeah, the same way, <laughs> the same way that um, you know, minorities get um, profiled. So <laughs> you see, you see some things in there, and it, it puts the shoe on the other foot. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's uncomfortable for some people to watch, That's but I mean, it's it's a uh, it's That's a relevant me. thing and. People have to see it in a in a different light in order to see that it's not right. So, how can people watch get the film or watch it or whatever? It's actually on iTunes right now. Uh, you can you can cop it on iTunes. Okay. Um, it, it's been do it's been doing its thing, man. It's um it's been getting decent reviews. Um, yeah, check it out. I think people. I think I think I think people like it, man. It's again, it's a, it's a flip a flip on how things have been and and he goes at it. I wouldn't mind seeing that. That's what's up. Y'all definitely need <laughs> to lie. check that out. Um, last thing, real quick. Now, you are the founder of 3GY. So, let's talk. Uh, yeah, go get your greatness. Yeah, let's talk about that. What started that movement? And, like, you know, just, just give a little bit more information about that. Uh, well, well, 3GY is basically, man, is it, tapping out your potential. I, I, I think we're all capable of reaching great heights, but it's just how locked in we are to what it is that we're doing. And 
And 3GY is just a reminder to be like, yo, go out and get it. Like, yes, things may not be perfect, but if you can c- control what you can, which is yourself, um, good things can happen. And I'm, I'm a testament to that. I, 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 I focus my thoughts. I, I, I meditate. I, I, I make sure I eat properly. I make sure I exercise. I, I stay, I, I set goals because I'm like, we only get one of these lives, man. And I want to tap it all the way out. That's what's up, man. That's definitely that's definitely good. Now, um, if you if you for those, of course, we're always about empowering people and encouraging people. If you could give some advice to somebody who wants to get into acting or just get into entertainment, or if you just want to give somebody a positive nugget, if you want to leave an audience with a positive nugget, what would you say to the to the people today? Um, <laughs> I would say a few things, and I would say make sure one you you love what you do, um, because when you love what you do, it's never work, right? Um. To like have be regimented, especially as artists, you know, we have the capacity to be lazy sometimes because we're waiting for things, but you have to be proactive. Mm. You have to like, you know, like, like find, like find material. Like there's so many great like playwrights, like black playwrights. So, you know, they're writing and saying things the way that you would naturally want to say them. Like James Baldwin, August Wilson, you know, Susan Laurie Parks. Like, you know, like jump on to some material and start working it. Exercise. Right. It's like, it's like Steph Curry's a great jump shooter because he takes a lot of jump shots. Mm. You know what I mean? So if you want to be a, a good at what you do, you have to rep out what it is that you do. And it might not look the way people like it, but it will get efficient. You'll find a way, like, you know, Lonzo Ball might not have the nicest jump shot, but he finds ways for it to go in. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So... It's uh, yo work like put that put that love and work into what it is whatever it is that you want to do and something good will happen. Awesome. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much for that. We really appreciate you um, calling in and giving us that positive feedback. And um, thank you, thank you so much for you know just again we thank you for for calling and and, and just continue to do what you do, man, and continue to be positive, brother. We appreciate you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you guys. You guys do the same, and, and yo, get it, and check out that film, man. I want to hear what you guys think about it. Oh, yeah, for I'm sure. Definitely sure. going to check it out. I got one last question before you go, though. I know you mentioned you're from Canada, right? Yeah. You a Drake fan? Here we go. <laughs> I, I, I am a Jersey fan. I, I mean, like, I'm, a, I'm a big I, Drake I like fan, his, too. Yeah, yeah, Jersey, Jersey's doing it, man. He's 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 good at what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure I got a Drake fan, you know, on a podcast with me because I don't always have one every week. So, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no, for sure. Carl Clay, you, 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 you definitely got one. You you got one in Ronnie Rowe Jr. for sure, hey, man. I'm hey, a Jersey fan all day. Definitely, man. Hey, you dope. If you, if you wasn't dope already, you dope definitely now. All right, man. <laughs> 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 I, got, I got, I got, I got the stamp. I got the stamp after the jersey. All definitely, right, I'm with it. Definitely. I'm with it, man. <laughs> well, Ronnie, we appreciate, we appreciate you again, man, and you continue to be blessed, brother. Yo, blessings to you guys, man. Stay up. No problem. And guys, we'll be right back. You are listening to Fire and Ice.
making the moves No matter what I choose The difference between you and me is the fact that I'm not afraid to lose Got a lot to prove While you're hitting snooze Late nights, early mornings when you wanna Jump up on and pay your dues Every little pawn I already took Not a lot of fun, got much for the rush Got a lot of run, not enough book Many out stunned, got him with the hook I'm steadily smashing all of your averages Deep in the action, bout to get hazardous Out with the asking, no coming back from this Leaving you gas, but checking my happiness this ain't the time for you being fake. I lock it down like a jailbreak. Take a second, let it marinate. Nowhere for you to go. This is stalemate. That's it, you're done. Pack up, good run. That's it, you're done. Try to warn your son. That's it, you're done. Pack up, good run. That's it, you're done. Go play another one. That's it, you're done. Pack up, good run. That's it. You're done, try to warn your son That's it, you're done Pack up, good run That's it, you're done Go play another one Gone and crown me Gone and crown me Gone and crown me Gone and crown me This ain't the time for you being fake I lock it down like a jailbreak Welcome back to Fire and Ice. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a couple more things, and then we're going to wrap this episode up of Fire and Ice again. Thank you guys so much for um, listening. I know it's a little different with me being solo. Um, it, was a little, it was a little different for me, too, so we, we both got to share this experience together. As far as uh, doing a solo podcast, it's something very, very interesting. Um, you know, the thing is, I learned something about myself that I don't necessarily have to be dependent on um you know anybody to continue to keep going sometimes we get so dependent on other people to do things and not saying it's not good to partner up it's not good to uh rely on people but you know we have those moments where you have to step out and do your own thing by yourself and again don't take this the wrong way i want people to tell him so oh, he's trying to start stuff no this ain't it it's not nothing to do with that i was really scared about doing this solo episode because Again, I'm not familiar with the equipment that Maine normally uses, um, you know, and then I was just afraid of doing a podcast solo. Like, you're going to talk. I was like, really, like, I can talk, obviously, um, you know, but I'm used to having conversations. So, like, when me and Maine do Fire and Ice, it's like we're having a conversation with one another. Um, so, this was different. Like, it's like you're really riding the plane solo. You're guiding the plane, driving the plane solo. So, it was kind of a scary experience, but I'm glad I got through it. And I, I just proved to myself that I can do it. So, again, I thank you all for listening. For those who are still tuning in, thank you all so much for listening and for your support. Um, like I said, hopefully, man, will be returning to us very soon. Um, but until then, we're just going to keep the show going. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, let's continue. Let's talk. Um, matter of fact, when I took the break earlier, I'm about to be honest with you guys. It's actually hours in between the first part of this podcast and this part <laughs> because um, I had rehearsal. So I went to, cause we're getting ready for Arts in the Heart. 
We have our own block this year, VPN. We're a part of the Mahogany Lounge Day, which is Dorian Harris, also known as the Art Dealers Day, on Sunday um, at the um, Doris Building. And so VPN has its own block during that time. So I'm really happy and fortunate to have this opportunity. Thank you to Dorian and to the um, to uh, Arts Council. Thank you all so much for giving us the opportunity. So we had rehearsal tonight. So that's where I was. And now I'm back. It's about... Um, it's real late right now, but I want to finish the podcast and make sure you guys get a whole complete um, two hours that we give you. Thank you to again to uh, Power One Hundred Four in Charlotte, and also thank you to Five Twenty Radio. Thank you to all the people that listen to this. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, so with that said, I just finished watching part two of the Bobby Brown movie because I told you in the in the first part of the podcast, if you were listening, I only seen part one. Well, I figured since I've seen part two now, I might as well go ahead and weigh in on that. And I thought, again, the movie was just great. Um, I love part two. I definitely love part two. Um, I really sympathize with Bobby Brown. And I didn't realize how much loss he experienced back to back. Um, you know, I knew, of course, about Whitney and about his daughter, Bobby Christina. But I didn't know about his mom passing first. And then it was his dad right after that. And then it was Whitney. And then it was Bobby Christina. Like, it was just, it was, it's tragic. You know, like he's experienced so much. And, um, it was one part of the movie. He was just saying, he just wasn't sure why he was alive, but then he, he starts remembering the happy moments and the happy memories and everything. And he honors his, you know, his now wife, which is, was such a beautiful thing. Um, so, so yeah, like I said, the move was good. Again, shout out to Woody McClain. He did an excellent job playing Bobby. Um, again, he did a good job on the new edition movie, but I really saw him and it's, it was different levels to his acting in this one, in the Bobby Brown story, the Bobby Brown movie. So shout out to Woody McClain, shout out to everybody that was a part of it. Um, it was just, a, it was just a dope film. So, um, well, a dope movie, I should say two part mini series or whatever you want to call it. So shout out to that. All right. So let's get into this topic real quick. Um, Another big thing that had happened that had happened that happened this week was Jeffrey Owens. Um, now, if you are not familiar with who he is, he played Elvin on the Cosby Show, and apparently, um, somebody took a picture or a video of him working at Trader Joe's, and Fox News got a wind of it, and they tried to make it like kind of shame him, I guess, trying to make it seem like oh he's falling on hard times because he works at Trader Joe's, and so of course all of Hollywood and everybody's. Um, surrounding him and supporting him and backing him up saying he should not be ashamed of having to work to provide for himself and for his family you know that's what you're supposed to do that's you're supposed to provide and do whatever you need to do to make things happen and so of course everybody's riding around him on social media and everything um even to the point where tyler perry had officially off uh, on twitter tweeted about saying inviting jeffrey um to come to his studio and um, he would, I guess, Adam would be a part of one of the shows that he's working on. I don't know if he's working on a new season, have and have nots, or if he's working on a new season, if Love Me is wrong. So basically, he just was offering Jeffrey a role in one of the shows. And Jeffrey also did, um, he did an interview on Good Morning America, just kind of just talking about that no one should be ashamed of whatever job. Nobody should be measured by the job that they're doing. We there's always there's all this pride in work, and you should you should never be ashamed of the type of job that you do. So. Um, first off, like I said, shame on Fox News for trying to make, try to just for trying to shame him, shame Jeffrey Owens. Um, and I to me, it looked like Jeffrey Owens was happy, just happy living life. And he said, he said, you know, again, you as an actor, you, um, you know, it's, you don't get, you don't get those big jobs all the time. And there's all, there's those breaks when it come in between the roles and you have to, again, you have to feed your family. You have to do what you got to do. 
Um, to me, Jeffrey looked happy. He looked, Mr. Owens looked happy with life. He was happy being able to provide, happy being able to work. And, um, again, there's no shame in that. And, um, you know, of course, there's good that, come, that has come from this. People are, you know, again, are rallying behind him. People are speaking up for him and everything. Um, again, I knew I knew Tyler Perry was going to offer him the job. That's just something that TP does, which is which is great. Um, you know, I really like that. Um, however, I'm going to say, you know, with Hollywood, um, I, I, I wonder if this is just my question. I wonder if Jeffrey was auditioning for stuff even before all of this and how many roles he's been rejected from before all this happened. And I say that to say, like, again, why do we why do some people wait to get on the bandwagon to support people? Like, I feel like all the support is is bandwagon support. And I'm, I'm about to just keep it real. That's what I think it is, um, because it, especially with the Hollywood crowd, I just feel like, you know, if he was auditioning for stuff and y'all didn't pick him like it's like and then now all of a sudden you're like, oh, we support Jeffrey. Where was the, where was the support before people before Fox News tried to shame him? This should, y'all should have been rallied behind him. Y'all should have been tried to, um, you know, get him some work if, if that's what he wanted to continue to do, which is act. I said this. He may. Not, I mean, he. I mean, he might not. It's a possibility that people don't want to act anymore, and that happens. People have been in the spotlight before. They did it. That was that was cool for what it was back then, and now they just want to. They just want to work and just chill. Everybody doesn't want to be famous. Everybody doesn't want to be. You know, in the limelight all the time, or in the spotlight all the time, and that's okay. I think that's okay. Um, you know, everybody's not meant to to be in that. People just people just want to do work, or some, or some people just want to do art for the sake of art. And I've constantly said that. Um, I pray that my heart stays pure when it comes to being an artist. Like I said, I love what I do as far as the art is concerned. When the difficulties come, when the politics are involved, or you have to deal with people and their egos and people are always trying to um, do whatever it takes to get to the quote unquote next level or whatever. We lose the love. A lot, I think a lot of times we artists, as artists, because we're so focused on trying to get to that next level, we lose our love for the art. And we're so focused on the business of the entertainment business that we're losing our love for the art form. Um so don't get the art form and the business confused. I mean, it's again they work together, but it's, they're two separate entities. And I think sometimes we, as artists, we 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 lose that. And so sometimes we get so focused on that entertainment side that we lose our heart for the arts. And I have to check myself every now and again and be like, don't lose your heart for the art because again, it can get the entertainment business can get frustrating when you're dealing with people and money and um, egos and things like that. But you have to remember as an artist, why do you do what you do? What was what is this your purpose? Is this what you're created to do? Is what you love? And um I have to constantly remind myself of that. So we have to do that. But back to Jeffrey Elvis thing, I just think um if this is what he wants to do, if he wants to get back into acting and doing it like full time, um, definitely kudos to him. I really hope he takes the Tyler Perry offer. That'd be dope. What I would love to see, I know this is probably not gonna happen just because of all the controversy, but Everybody from the Cosby Show is still alive, as far as the main cast is concerned. Um, I would love to see a reunion, but it's probably not going to happen. You know, with the whole Bill Cosby thing, unfortunately. Um, I've been have been saying this for years. They should have did a Cosby Show Different World um, um, tie-in reunion. I think that would have been dope. 
my idea was since Denise did technically go to Hillman, she might not have graduated, but she went to Hillman. Uh, Olivia could have started going to college at Hillman, or she could have graduated from Hillman. And that's how you tie in the Kyvie show with the different world. And then, then Owen, as Olivia is either entering college or or not even Olivia. Olivia, they had a baby because Denise they announced, they, they announced that Denise was pregnant on the season series finale, even though they didn't show her. The baby boy could have been going off to college to Hillman. And you could have showed the reunion of him graduating from high school or whatever with the Cosby show and all the kids and everybody and the grandkids and then transition to, okay, he's going to college. And then you get the different world reunion. You get that over there. So that's how that could have worked. But again, I don't see a different world reunion. I mean, I don't see a Cosby show reunion happening just because of all the controversy, but a different world reunion definitely could still happen. Um, And even though I'm against reboots, because there's so many right now. Like, it's people are rebooting everything and remaking everything. But a different world, I, I could see that being remade. As far as not like a reboot, I'm talking like the original characters, older, and then, of course, new characters. So, you know, kind of a reboot or whatever with that. So, so yeah, that would be, be dope. So, speaking of reboots and remakes and everything, I saw a post on Facebook that had four beautiful African-American queens. Um, they're definitely royalty when it comes to um the entertainment business and not just um not just african americans but just entertainment business in general cuz they have been working in this business for a very long time and they definitely should be honored as such but i saw a post that said um and i'm i'm not sure how um I'm not sure how how true this is but um i saw a post that said um they will be doing <laughs> Own will be picking up um, the remake of the Golden Girls. Now, again, I'm not sure if this is true or not. And I'm trying to pull up the, here we go, here's the post. <laughs> it says, Own just announced a reboot of the Golden Girls, which is all with an all-black cast coming out spring of 2019. And it has Felicia Rashad as Dorothy, Jennifer Lewis as Blanche, um, What's my girl? I can't think of Loretta Devon as Rose. <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I just uh, no, no, no. I just I can't. I cannot. I just I can't see. Here's the thing. Here's my issue. Why do we always have to feel the need to have the black version of something? Um, why? I don't I don't get it. Why you know, why why can't we and I get nothing wrong with these group this one these group of women working together. I think if you want to put a show of them together, make a show with them together, cool, but why does it have to be called the Golden Girls? Let the Golden Girls be the Golden Girls. Give them something else in their own identity. I don't feel like there should be the black version of this or a version a reboot of this with the all black cast. It's, I don't think so. I think this is first of all, they're still showing the regular Golden Girls, and people still watch that. Um, and I just don't, I don't see it working under the uh, the Golden Girls umbrella again. If they want to um, do it when its own and its own entity, let it be its own show. Then yeah, definitely for sure. I think that'll that'll be that'll be cool. But it does, it does should be the Golden Girls. But again, we as black people, we 
are great within ourselves. We are we have our own greatness. We don't have to continue to be the black version of these uh quote unquote white shows. We don't have to do that anymore. We have great creatives out there um who are in the mainstream and in the independent. And that's another thing that's bothering me. It's like you have the the new school of people I'm not even just talking about myself, but just people who are creating great content um, on the independent, independent route. But I think Hollywood and black Hollywood too, they're afraid to tap into that. Like you want to recycle and reboot everything, but you, we have so much content out there that, and there's so much new blood and new people, new blood that want to get that wants to get in and create greatness amongst, but that's all what's already being created. Um, but people just people are just afraid. People are afraid to um to to I guess venture out. I don't know. But um, but yeah, I I just I'm I'm it's a no for me when it comes to this quote unquote black golden girls. If it's true, not sure. It was just a post. I'm sure somebody was just being funny. But it's a great topic of discussion. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think there should be a black version of the Golden Girls, or what do you? How do you feel about the black where people Hollywood or whoever? creates the black version of things that are created for white um that have been created for white characters i guess how do you guys feel about that so i definitely would love to hear your thoughts on that whole situation so yeah but that's gonna wrap things up for me on this edition of fire nights again i thank you guys so much for um for talking for talking and nobody talk with me thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening um to this edition of fire nights i appreciate you guys so much I hope um, you guys enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed, you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, you know, if you didn't, sorry, <laughs> nothing I can do about that. Um, hopefully, I can get a guest co-host on next week. Um, so just be on the lookout if you're interested in being a guest co-host on Fire Nights. Hit me up, um, and we'll we can make some things happen. All right, guys, that's it. I am going. I am signing out. You guys have a blessed week, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, this is Carlton. Bye, nice. Signing out. Peace. Switch up on me more than the eye can see. You're changing your face, boy. Not the person I had the pleasure to meet. You don't love me the same. My happiness is the thing that brings me pain. You're changing your face, boy. The only thing I recognize is your name. All the secrets can't keep it, can't afford that, can't afford that. Your body's here, baby, where's your heart at? Where's your heart? I don't need time to realize things change, but your presence doesn't feel the same. Oh, it's this just a phase. How many times you gonna change it? Thanks.
Reaching up on me I'm not a secret you can keep Changing your face, boy Say my name when you speak What you don't know me no more Oh, you don't love me no more Changing your face, boy don't deserve me no more secrets can keep it, can afford that and afford it Your body's healed, baby, but your heart is I need time to realize these chains But your presence doesn't feel the same Is this just a phase? How many times you gonna change your fate?
Blows my mind that I cannot shake you. Boy, I just met you and I cannot take you or what your name is. There's something about you and I can't explain it. Or where you're saying, I bet they flock to you like Christ in the manger. Oh Lord, praise him. Cause one thing's for sure, he made you amazing. I'm sensing some danger in how I'm feeling, can't fake it. It's so different now. And I'm feeling your vibe It's all different now Don't even know you This so upside down But let me love you I'll turn your life around We can rock this out Yeah, yeah We can rock this out Oh, yeah We can rock this out Baby, I dare you, I swear I'm prepared to show you 
And baby, I promise we'll do whatever you want to It's love at first sight in my mind, baby, it's you and I Forever Together, forever, whatever is clever It's crazy, but baby, it's real and it's so different now And I'm feeling your vibe so different now Don't even know you this so upside down But let me love you, I turn your life around We can rock the sound Yeah, yeah, we can rock the south. Oh, yeah, we can rock the south. Now I learned my lesson 
All the tears and years I wasted on you. Broken.